You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, Station One listeners, and welcome to another episode. And we got a good one for you this week. We are going to be topical and timely. We are actually reviewing something that just came out. This is pretty amazing for us because over the last couple months, it's always been, oh, this has been on, you know, years ago, or this was a review of a movie Ashley hasn't seen, or. You know, but this is going to be pretty cool. We are actually reviewing something that was released all at once, so we got to power watch this. We are, of course, talking about Sweet Tooth, based off the DC comic by Jeff Lemire. It was an amazing, amazing comic. Did the TV series uh, add up? Did it, you know, match up with it, or was it its own beast? It's going to be a lot of interesting things to talk about, especially how it fits into today's society. Got a good crew, got a great co-host here to talk about it, who definitely has a sweet tooth. Let's, of course, welcome Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you? Got a candy bar for you here, kid. Aye, that's how you lure me. That's how you lured me uh, all those 11 years ago uh, to, to, to to be here. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the virus that uh, is going on in Sweet Tooth uh, series uh, turns out to be diabetes. Ah, okay. That's what took out half the population. Yes. Yes, and absolutely. That explains the shaking pinky and everything. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When your blood sugar is a little too high, there it goes. Exactly. Uh, but yes, uh, no, it's, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk all about Sweet Tooth. And we've got, we've got uh, a great show because we've got some guests coming on and it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. We got some folks in the geek seat. We got folks for Creative Outlet. Actually, an old friend from Creative Outlet this week. So so it should be really cool. So definitely a lot coming to you. And let's get the ball rolling. And, you know, of course, we want to hear from you guys at home. Please write us, as we like to say, at Earth Station One. You know, we'd love to hear from Pip folks. And please write us at feedback at earthstation1.com. You know, just let us know what's going on. Let us know what you guys think of Sweet Tooth, what's going on in the world. How, you know, how's things going with you guys? Are you guys ready for summer? Summer's here. So, you know what? You know, it's, I can't believe another summer's in front of us. And, you know what? As we like to say, we just have the recorded the new episode of the Dragon Con Report. And what? It's like 75 days away already. And it's it's just coming, it's flying by, and it's just like, okay, what's next? Actually, I shouldn't say that. I, I sh- let's cancel that part. I am not saying what's next because I, I don't want to know. I really, really don't want to know that one. But definitely would love to, you know, hear from you guys. And of course, as always, please be kind and rate us five stars wherever you listen to us. You know, as we, you know, that's how we, you know, it helps us more than you could ever imagine. And, you know, we don't like to beg or plead for, about it, but definitely, please, if you get a chance, five stars. That'd be awesome. Big shout out also right now to our patrons. Please, folks, you know, if you want to help also support the ESO Network, which Earth Station One is a proud member of, please help support the ESO Network Patreon. And I could honestly tell you that the next episode of ESO Network BS is coming out this next week. So number, what, 15 already of those, where the 
basically the board of directors of the ESO network gets together and talk about all kinds of stuff. And so we're bored, we're silly, and we like to share it with our patrons. And it's exclusive only to the ESO Patreon. And you too can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. And all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. We have all these different levels and you know what? Each level, you know, helps support us at a different way. And we just have to say thank you to everyone who has been doing it. And for those who are thinking about it, thank you also for considering us. We do appreciate it. That's ESO network, Patreon at patreon.com slash ESO network. And before we get out and started with this episode, let's give a big shout out to Tofosi Optical. Tofosi Optical, summer is officially here. Yesterday was the summer solstice. So you can actually now say, I am in the heat of sun. And in some parts of this country, you don't want to talk about heat. You guys have temperatures in the hundreds. And you know what? Even a pair of sunglasses from Tofosi Optics will make you look cool. Will make you look great. But you know. Wear them inside because it is way too hot outside in some parts of the country right now. And the other parts of the country, you're underwater right now with the tropical storms and everything. So definitely, folks, please, as we love to say on the show, we definitely would love to you know help support our sponsor. Tofosi Optics is a great bunch of folks, and they can have you custom make your sunglasses so you can look as cool as you want. And you can go with different colors. You can go with different lenses. You could do all these different things. You could do biker glasses. You could do sport glasses. You could do Blu-ray blocking glasses. You can do safety goggles. You name it, Tofosi has it. And if you put in the coupon code EarthStation1, you get 10% off your order. Not just one pair of glasses like some places. Your whole order. So definitely go to TofosiOptics.com and tell them EarthStation1 sent you. And now we're here with some new friends from the band, The Savage Kind. Welcome to Earth Station One, guys. Thanks. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Yeah, happy to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got with us uh, Johnny Savage and Billy Noise from uh, from the band. Uh, welcome. Yeah, welcome to the station. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure to be here. For those people yeah. who may not be familiar with The Savage Kind, tell us a little bit about uh, about the band. Well, when people when people ask us what kind of music do we play, uh, we tell them it's the Savage Kind, <laughs> <laughs> and, and hence the how the name got was born. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, um, so yeah, we, we do. Sorry, the dogs are barking here. We do a '60s style garage punk rock kind of sound, and uh, we started out um, originally. Uh, the band was uh, it kind of formed out of the ashes of another band, the Savage Bastards, hmm. and um, that a lot of the a lot of the songs that we do came out of that band. But that was a, a previous incarnation, I guess you could say. But this this band is definitely more uh, what I was kind of going for, sound wise. Um, okay. So, gosh, I guess a quick history of the bands. So, Bill, Bill and I had were playing with a couple of other friends of ours and we were trying to get a, another band going and it just really wasn't working out there were three guitar players and it was like kind of too much just just a very loud and you couldn't really differentiate what was going on um but it was cool it was fun those guys ended up uh kind of breaking off and doing a four piece and bill and i were like well let's 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 get the savage bastards back together 
And uh, so we, we found our, a drummer and a lead guitar player. And we were doing a four-piece thing for a while. It was pretty fun. But uh, then we decided to go three-piece after we got a new drummer and the lead guitar player had to quit due to some um, personal reasons. So, uh, yeah, that's where that, that's how we ended up as we are today, a three-piece. We actually kind of like started practicing. It was just the three of us. And uh, the drummer, Bill, and I, Dan Destro is the new drummer. And it just seemed like it worked better. You know, you didn't have as, as there wasn't everybody, like, usually when there's two guitars in a band, it seems like the guitars are competing against each other. Right. So, so it gets really loud. <laughs> and then everybody else has to turn up, and the drummer's playing louder. So um, with just, just a three-piece, it was the sound. We were able to really dial it in. And also just yeah, like everyone, everyone has a lot of sonic space where we all can fit in there real easily without stepping on each other's toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And when you're trying to like plan gigs or practices, when you've only got three people to deal with, it's so much easier. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? true. Uh, the schedule. Yeah. The less people, the, the better the schedule, the easier to schedule. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll tell you, I, I was not, uh, I'd never really played lead guitar before. So I was more of a rhythm player. It was a little daunting at first, but it's like, so we were just kind of playing like just Ramonesy kind of stuff, not really any leads or anything like that. And after a while, I was like, I gotta, I gotta learn some scales and we gotta, we gotta throw some leads in. And it's actually, it's actually worked out pretty well. It's, it's, it's I'm not, I'm not the greatest uh, guitar player, but for what we're doing, it, it, I think it works well. Mm-hmm. And, and and how then, long have you guys been doing this? Like, when did you start? Oh, Good gosh. What's... Question. I don't know. Like, maybe <laughs> two, two or three years, I guess, if, with this particular yeah. band, right? Okay. Does that okay. Sound I, right? Guess, I guess Bill and I started kind of doing it in, in 2018, and then Dan came on board in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And um, And then that's the other thing. It's like, Bill's one of the hardest working, uh, Billy's, Billy Noyes is one of the hardest working bass players in the business. He's, how many bands are you in right now? <laughs> uh, I think I'm in like four bands maybe right now. Oh, okay. Just four. Okay. Yeah. Are you counting Catfish Franklin, your alter ego? Oh no, I wasn't, I wasn't counting that one. So I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's, that's still like, Four less than Dave Grohl, but that's okay. Like you can, yeah, you, know, you, you have to work your way up to that, right? Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I got to tell you, um, uh, it was uh, I think uh, earlier this year that a uh, good friend of the show, uh, sometimes co-host on our music episodes, Ricky Zero, pointed out uh, you guys to me, um, and he particularly sent me a song, uh, "Inside Out and Upside Down." God, that that track is awesome, guys. I listened to that and I was like. I got to have these guys on there. They're great. Oh, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a nice little rocker, that one. That that one's one of our earlier earlier ones. Um, we, we at, Before we put out the, the full-length album, we had a four-song EP. So that one, and then we released the songs, but kind of like remastered, if you will, a little bit for the for the actual uh, full album mm-hmm. so they're slight a little different but um but yeah that one is a, is one of our favorites back from the from the beginning 
And uh, and then the other song uh, I think that I was drawn to was, and this one's getting I think a lot of play on on the YouTube and all that is "You're Gonna Feel All Right." And uh, now a um, little bit about me: I'm I'm a I'm a huge Kinks fan, uh, especially especially early Kinks. And I, I I have to say I have to think that they're an influence in some ways. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Or- originally, my when I when I was first kind of like getting the whole idea together. And this goes back to to the Savage Bastards days. I was kind of like, I want to, I want to sound that sort of is like the Kinks meets MC Five. Mm, okay, but uh, I don't know if I quite got it. it, it, it <laughs> and, and you should check it out. Um, I, there is a, a demo that we cut the Savage Bastards on uh, Bandcamp, and um, you kind of see the sound. But it's like two of the guys were sort of like more into like nineties kind of metal punk and then the the other two myself and the other guy were kind of into the like 60s style so you had those two kind of clashing uh styles but it also sounded really cool but but not quite exactly what i was looking for you know or going for um yeah sure but, the, but back to the kinks yeah kinks are a huge influence actually today is uh Ray Davies' seventy uh, seventh birthday. birthday. Yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, happy birthday, Ray! Uh, yeah. he, of course, he listens. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, if uh, what, what what would you say are some of the other influences that you have? Oh gosh, I mean, I mean, you mentioned the Ramones earlier, so obviously, yeah, yeah. You know, pretty much any like garage punk surf. Um, if it's got kind of a vintagey sound. Mm-hmm. That's definitely an influence. Um, you know, the Sonics, Count Five, Standells, all you know, all the all all those uh, like great garage punk bands from the '60s are huge influence. And, and Billy, what would you say some of your influences are? Well, it's pretty. It's kind of weird for me because I'm not really steeped in uh, '60s garage rock, so uh-huh. I kind of come from like a more of a funk sort of funk rock uh playing background mm-hmm. uh but i really i really have come to like it knowing johnny there and uh i really like his songs a lot so what my kind of influence for this band is i just kind of i try to make my sound uh as trashy as i can that's that's my <laughs> make it make it raw right yeah yeah exactly um it looks like you guys have have kept yourself busy during this uh pandemic uh you guys have uh, released some videos um it looks like you guys are 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 you now what's the um status on the album is it out yet or so yeah well here's kind of what happened um before the pandemic we had released the ep and then um you're gonna feel all right was um featured in classic rock magazine the february 2019 issue on the uh best of new band cd so that was pretty cool and it seemed like things were like starting to take off and then it's like boom pandemic hits you know (laughs) and it was like right when we just started recording uh the full album love songs for bastards and um which obviously you could see that's sort of a nod to the to the old band as well um but you know we couldn't really get back in the studio due to the whole pandemic so that kind of got put on hold and then when we finally did get back it was like months later and we're looking at like the end of the year so 
you know, you re we released it and it's out there. It's on Spotify and pretty much, pretty much all the like digital media platforms. You can find it, but um, awesome. And we've got a few CDs for sale too. If any, if anyone's interested, they can they can order them straight from us. But um, but yeah, didn't didn't really uh, have anywhere to like promote the album or like a release party or anything like that. So we just figured the best thing to do is we'll we'll try to do some live streams and you know put out some videos if we can. So that's 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 kind of what we've been doing. And and actually, right now we're we're working on our second album. Oh wow! We've got we're about halfway through like learning the new songs, and then hopefully, like before the summer's over, we'll get you know those songs recorded too, and maybe and, like a fall release. And are you guys uh, for those people who may want to see you live? Are you guys starting to do more live shows, or what's the status on that? We don't have anything booked yet. Uh, we're looking to do it, but uh, yeah, we're we don't have anything in the books yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we we um so keep an eye we, out. I think I think yeah. in 2 weeks we're planning on doing another uh, Savage Thursday happy hour uh, live stream on our Facebook page. Oh, cool. So you've been doing the live stream shows. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like the only it is the only thing we could really do for a while. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's such a drag, but um and and in St. Louis it's things are starting to go back to I guess normal, but not really, but right we're still not getting people going out as much sure so slowly um, but surely we're gonna get there yeah, yeah mm -hmm. hopefully hopefully um now before we uh strap you guys down to the geek seat um uh right before we started recording johnny you were telling me about another project that you and billy are part of what was it what's tell us a little bit about oh yeah that. yeah that's uh the cone daddy powers puppet spectacular and it's like a zany I guess as of late, it's been really adults only kind of musical puppet show. And uh, we'll take, you know, cover songs, but sort of change them to fit the storyline, the lyrics and uh, just uh, craziness ensues usually. Now, is that a uh, multi-person production or like, is that a. Uh, yeah, we've had, we've had anywhere from like four people involved to like up to about eight. Mm hmm. And, Johnny does uh, most of the puppet work, though. He does almost all the puppet action. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. He's really good at that and voices and stuff like that. One, one yeah. time I did a show and, and um, Chris Powers, that's the Powers part of the Cone Daddy. Uh, I'm, I'm Cone Daddy, my puppet persona. But uh, <laughs> he, he uh, is a really talented musician and writer. So he writes some really funny material. But we actually did one where it was just the two of us. And not only did I do all the puppet voices, but I did his voice also. So he was like my living puppet. It was, it was pretty amazing. And he has like he, he interacts with the puppets. It's you know the band plays songs and puppets sing along with them and stuff. It's it's pretty funny. Now is that something that uh, people can check out? Is that available like somewhere that people can see that or? Uh, you know we don't. We've been talking about putting together some kind of a video. I don't. I think there yeah, might I don't be think it's like out there. Clips online, but from some of the live shows, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's anything complete out there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So stay tuned for that. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Something down the road. It's uh, that would be fun to do. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Mike, I think, uh, I think they're ready. I think they're ready to, to be grilled. I don't know. They, it's they seem season, pretty right? mellow and you know, <laughs> it is, it is grilling season and you know, 
you know, it wouldn't be bad to have a savage burger or something like that. So, <laughs> you know. With gravy. Of course. Of course. You have to have the special sauce. So it definitely would be kind of cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Who is going to try to take a shot at the Geek Seat tonight? I, I think I'm down for it. Unless, Billy, you're, are you up for it? Or are you going to help me out here? Or? If, if you're feeling the inspirado, you can go for it. But uh, I, I'll pinch hit for you if you want. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Well, let's, let's give it a go. Yeah, I think I can do it. All right, it. Johnny. All right. We're, we'll give you the softball questions first. And then as it, <laughs> as it gets on, you know. Well, you know, get a little tougher and everything. Okay. The nail biters. Of course, of course. Absolutely. Okay, Johnny, what was your favorite Geek Out moment? Oh, gosh. You know, I would have to say it would be when I I was a kid, any any chance I got to go to the toy store, it was just, oh, my gosh, uh, pure joy. I still, I still kind of get it, but not like, not like when I was a kid. But you know, I still love going to the toy aisle when I'm at Target or, <laughs> you know. Any particular toys that you uh, that really like uh, get you? Are you, are you big, collecting anything? I, I, I yeah, I collect. I, I collect it all. I, I definitely like action figures. Um, I, I grew up like with the stuff from the '70s and '80s, so that's that's kind of my my passion uh-huh. but i like I, any anything like the new stuff i kind of you know i kind of like some of that too i don't really collect it as much I, hasbro sort of ruined the toy collecting a little for me i can understand that i can definitely see that yeah. that actually would probably lead into the next question actually really well <laughs> what was your most disappointing okay. geek out moment oh, okay this this is um i would have to say meeting tom savini Really? Yeah, special effects mm-hmm. bladder master Tom Savini. Huge fan, love all his films. Uh, and finally, I was going to meet him. I, he was going to be at a convention. I'm like, oh, yes, I get to meet him. And uh, he canceled. <laughs> he, di- he didn't show up. So I was super bummed out. And it wasn't until years later that he, he finally came back to St. Louis to another convention. And, and, I, and I was going to go see him. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, I got this wealth of knowledge. I'm gonna, sh- I'm this biggest, f-, you know. <laughs> and the guy just like wasn't having it. It was kind of like, give me your twenty bucks. Here's my autograph. Move on. Oh, yeah. I guess it's one of those don't meet your heroes kind of mm-hmm. moments. You, you built it up and built it up, and then it went. Yeah, I re- yeah. I really thought he was just gonna be. Maybe I thought we were gonna be best pals or something after. <laughs> 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 But it didn't quite work. Oh, exactly. So. No. And, you know, it's always weird when you have to knock your idols off their pedestal, too. So I do understand that. Yeah, I still I still like his films. but and that's uh, totally cool. Yeah, that, that is totally cool. Left a bad taste in my mouth, for mm-hmm. sure. What geeks you out the most? Oh, gosh. It, it would either be toys, or I still love toys, or guitar pedals. I just... <laughs> Oh my gosh, guitar pedals toys, just get me. They're, they're so yeah, well they, yeah, those are <laughs> toys too, right? They're so much fun. There's I just love uh geeking out on my pedals. That is awesome. What turns your geek off? Oh gosh. Anyone that does that isn't passionate about something, that really turns me off. Like if if you don't have a passion for something in life, 
and sports. Sports kind of turns my geek off. <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> you live yeah. in St. Louis, yeah. which is a that, huge sports town. I know. Town. That's I know. a huge sports town. <laughs> it's crazy. When, when, I was, uh, when I was in high school, we'd, they'd give out uh, Cardinals tickets to, to the students that, you know, got the straight A's. And I, and I got straight A's. And they gave me the tickets. And I was like, what kind of a reward is this? You know? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I just, I did not want to sit out there watching that for that. So anyway, um, yeah, I guess maybe sports. That's fair. Or people without passion. Those, those two things to kind of get, get me. That's totally yeah. fair. Totally fair. What fictional character would you like to meet the most? Oh, man. Um, see, this one could get me in trouble. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go safe here. I'm going to say Johnny Fever. Ooh. Johnny Fever from WKRP. That guy just seems like he would be a righteous dude. Really fun, fun guy to hang out with. Oh, know? yeah. I was actually just watching the other day the first episode of WKRP when he went from being Johnny Catch Prevella to being Dr. Johnny Fever. Yeah. <laughs> Which was awesome. Oh, uh, what a great that show. Is, it is an awesome, awesome show. What fiction character? So, were you, were, I'm sorry, I just have to ask. Like, so, were you thinking to get you in trouble? It would be Jennifer <laughs> from that show. No, no, no he no, seems no, more no, like no, a Bailey no. type. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's um, the age old question. It's like Betty and Veronica, Jennifer or Bailey, right? I I actually think I am a Bailey, but Jennifer would have been great too. You know that that would be that would be a great double date. You know? She would have had you wrapped around her finger within a heartbeat, dude. Oh my gosh. Any, <laughs> any man, any man for that. What fictional character would you like to meet the least? Jar Jar Binks. Number one answer. Number one answer on that <laughs> show. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what a disappointment, right? You don't know what you talk about. <laughs> what is your favorite geek word, phrase, quote, or pose? That's what she said. Ooh. I've heard that before. True story. I've used it many times, and my wife says, No, I didn't. No. That is awesome, dude. Yeah. That is awesome. Good old Michael Scott. What is your ideal geek occupation? Who? Oh, gosh. I would say maybe like a toy tester. Oh, like in big? That would be that would be so much fun, mm-hmm. or or maybe a guitar pedal tester. Now that would be a cool. That would be that, would that be goes really back fun. to what we said before. It's still a toy tester. Come on, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll just say toy tester. Quality control here. Come on, we got to test it out. Come on. <laughs> what geek occupation would you not like to do? Oh gosh, I would not like to be the guy that has to clean out the trash compactor on the detention level. That would be a horrible job. <laughs> Many have gone in, but no, some have never come out. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. All right, Johnny, are you ready for your final uh, question in the geek seat? I, I I think so. All right, we've been doing pretty good so far. Nice steady okay. movement. I want you to put some thought right, cool. into this one now. All right. Johnny, what is your ultimate geek fantasy? Oh, gosh. 
this might seem weird, but I oh, we've heard it I all. Don't worry. It, I, yeah, I think it would be cool to live in like a zombie or post-apocalyptic world. Okay. <laughs> and what about that? Is your fantasy? You know, no. <laughs> I mean, it seems like kind of crazy, but you know, kind of like getting back to just basic survival. Okay. I don't know the whole thing. The whole thing. Uh, I'm I'm a big Mad Max fan, and um, mm. I always think, how would you live if you were in that situation? It would be challenging. Well, yeah. yeah. Look how we did this last year. You know, it was challenging enough. But how yeah. cool also would it be just like driving around those types of cars and stuff? <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, and I don't understand. You always see now. Like if it was a zombie apocalypse where they were like the slow moving zombies, that that would be better than like the fast ones, like the twenty eight days later zombies. That right. that would be pretty scary. But uh, I don't understand how people cannot survive in a slow moving zombie movie. I, I never understood that. I. I can- I can't move that. <laughs> no, but you know, that's what, that's what they went over in zombie land. You know, <laughs> you know, this, these are the people that just didn't survive, you know, even the slow moving <laughs> ones. Yeah. It's well, that is uh, awesome though. That's a good fantasy. Okay. <laughs> Each their own, as we like to say on the show. I just think it'd be kind of cool. Well, Johnny, we've got some great news for you. You've made it to the Geek Seat. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mike Gordon, tell Johnny Savage of the Savage Kind what he's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth $35.57. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Uh, so it does It does decrease in value the closer you get to Earth. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, it's been great having you on, um, and you as well, Billy, um, uh, tell you. people where can, uh, you know, you sent me a ton of links, so we're going to try to include as many as we can in the show notes, but tell people where, uh, people can go online to find out about the Savage Kind. Uh, well, we're definitely, we've got our presence on Facebook, our Facebook page, the Savage Kind. We also have a YouTube channel. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Amazon, uh, iTunes. Where else, Bill? Billy, Billy, what we what else we got? Uh, that's about it, I think. As far as like our social media and stuff, Facebook and YouTube mostly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then our our record is out wherever you you listen. Awesome, and again, that's called Love Songs for Bastards. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Awesome. Yeah, ma- maximum garage rock. Yeah. <laughs> Sixteen tracks, all killer, no filler, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what you said. Uh, that's what uh, the tagline is. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. So I definitely definitely recommend people check it out. Again, we'll have links in the show notes, uh, guys. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for Thank having us. Man. Thank awesome. Yeah. Let's yes. take a quick break, and we will be back with Sweet Tooth. This is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. 
The big blockbuster coming to movie theaters this weekend is the ninth movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. Now, regardless of how you feel about this franchise, nine movies in a row is pretty impressive. The interesting thing about Fast and Furious is that, despite how popular it is, it's a franchise that I really haven't delved into too much. I know it's about cars, crazy stunts, and special effects, and that it's somewhat gotten crazier over the years. Like, it started somewhat grounded, and then now you have all these huge action set pieces. I'm actually a really big fan of the spinoff Hobbs and Shaw, just because I think Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham were absolutely hilarious as frenemies, and I really enjoyed that movie, so even though I don't particularly care about Fast and the Furious 9, I'm kind of waiting around for Hobbs and Shaw too. so I will be interested to see what kind of numbers this does at the box office this weekend. This franchise has historically been a high-performing one at the box office, but again, we're looking for trends to kind of stabilize and develop post-COVID as people are vaccinated and start venturing back out to theaters. Over on streaming, Loki continues to be amazing. What a great mini-series for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Fantastic so far. It's mind-blowing, mind-bending. We're only two episodes in. I'm also really enjoying The Bad Batch. As a big fan of the Clone Wars and clone-focused storytelling in particular. It's been really nice to see some character development moments in this animated series. However, I will say that I think it is time for them to maybe kick the plot up a notch just a little bit and kind of get the story going, which I think, spoiler alert, the kidnapping of Omega will kind of, we'll see some more things happening and mysteries revealed about what exactly her character is and how it fits into the overall story. And that's it for this week. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog over on the ESO Podcast website. More positive than a New Day pancake. More fun than a super kick party. It's the wrestling podcast from the host, who is the hammer swinging, burrito eating, well you know the rest, of Thunder Talk. Sexy. Thor! It's the Ring of Thunder, found in the Thunderverse and among the great podcasts of the ESO Network. Once upon a time, bad people ruled the earth. They were greedy and self-destructive. So nature made everyone sick. Excuse me? Are you a doctor? And then... A miracle happened. They called them hybrids. Your kind. It's your job to live a full life. But some bad people are still out there, Gus. If I hear a voice... I will run. If I see a human... I will hide. We have reason to believe that you are harboring an animal child. To me, you little freak. Thank you. Where's Colorado? What's in Colorado? 
I heard there's a safe place for kids like me. If you go out there alone, they'll have your head by morning. I'm not alone. I got you. Guys like me aren't good for kids like you. How do you know? Most people hate kids like me. Rusty. The last men have made it their mission to eliminate hybrids. We've made it ours to protect them. This new world is all about survival, no matter the cost. What are you doing with him? I did what I had to to survive. If there's anyone out there like me, I need to find them. That little dude's got hope coming out of every pore. But I won't cry for yesterday. There's an ordinary world. Hey everyone, welcome back to Earth Station One. Now we are here for the main topic, Sweet Tooth. We're going to be talking a little bit about the comics. We're going to be talking a little bit about the TV show. We're going to talk about a little bit of it all, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this one took some people by surprise. Some people were like, couldn't wait for this. So it's going to be very interesting to hear what everyone thought about it. And take it away, Mr. Mike. Yes, and for those people who have not yet seen uh, the miniseries, uh, well, I call it a miniseries, the series on Netflix, all eight episodes, we will go into spoilers. Uh, I don't think we're going to try to spoil the the comic because uh, the comic is is kind of finished. Uh, at least the, the the most of the story arc is finished on the comic, so I don't think we're going to go too far ahead that way. So, but I think, uh, we, I think that's smarter to do yeah, it that way. We'll be we'll be talking Our mainly season. about the show. So yeah, we'll cover season one of the show, and you know, yep. So we're assuming everyone watched it. I'll just start off right right from the start, and we'll introduce our guests in a second. I was actually surprised that they did this, released it all at once. They didn't do it weekly. Well, that's what Netflix does. I mean, Netflix yeah, I I don't hasn't, hasn't really caught on to the Disney model of of uh, releasing things slowly. So, um, um, and I, you know, for better or for worse, that's a whole other discussion of whether you know you like doing that. But um, um let's uh let's introduce our crew with us we've got with us alan alan welcome to the station hey thank you for having me man. absolutely uh real quickly tell us a little bit about yourself i'm just a comic enthusiast uh used to be the chief operating officer for the museum of comic and cartoon art now um i help people get their kickstarters off the ground and um that if anyone needs any help with their kickstarters just let me know i'd uh happy i'd be happy to help you out we are going to definitely talk later. Um, exactly. Alan, <laughs> Alan actually introduced us to Jerry, who was on our show a few weeks back. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, that was great. Um, and uh, we also have with us Chuck. Chuck, welcome to the station. What's going on, Alan? You and I need to talk. I'm on Kickstarter <laughs> all the time. Yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, I think Chuck going? lives on Kickstarter. What do you mean? <laughs> pretty, pretty much, man. Well, as long as like... Because, and I'll go into that intro, I'm a writer and editor, mostly for comics, but I also have a uh, an audio drama and uh, a novel. So kind of 
spreading myself out there. But yeah, because I'm I'm an editor and that's where most of my work is, I'm on Kickstarter pretty much at least once a month. I've had as many as four projects on there in a month. You know, you just never know. So yeah, man, I'm always on there. So Alan, we'll be in we'll be in contact, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Making <laughs> contacts wherever we go. Um all right. It's the love of ESO, just to, exactly. you know, to say it. Uh, the, that's why we call it the ESO network. Right. Um, uh, all right. So we're going to talk about Sweet Tooth mainly, like I said, uh, the TV series. But for those who don't know, it was based on a uh, American comic book uh, from DC's Vertigo imprint, which uh, rest in peace, Vertigo. Um, uh, but um, uh, and it was written and uh, drawn by Jeff Lemire, a Canadian cartoonist of great regard. Um, and yeah it came out i think uh about i think 2009 was when it started and uh it ran for about 40 issues uh concluded and then just this past year came out with a new series called uh um uh, the return uh, Sweet tooth returns yep which uh which takes up um uh i think it's a more uh, it happens more in the future yeah. of this world so um but like i said we're not gonna uh, try to like i said we're not gonna spoil the comic too much uh because it does go into events that we may or may not get to in the series so but as far as the series goes uh, a couple of years ago uh, it got um it was announced that uh robert downey jr and his wife were starting a production company and they wanted to bring Sweet Tooth to life. So uh, via Netflix as a series, um, when I read this, I was like, whoa, that's an interesting choice. Um, But uh, um, where were you guys at when the announcement came? Um, What was your uh, introduction to Sweet Tooth? Were you familiar with the comic? Uh, Chuck, let's start with you. Not familiar with the comic. I've heard a lot about it. There's a lot of people who are love the book, love the book, but that's all I would hear. You know, like there was no, no one went any further into it. They're like, it's Jeff Lemire and it's amazing. How have you not read it? And I was like, well, because I'm poor and because I don't have, the, I mean, you can't just tell me I love it and have me jump on. So when I heard the announcement, I was like, great, this will be my entrance. And, you know, I know that a lot of people go, oh, the show or the movie or whatever is usually worse than the book, good. Then I I would rather come in at the show or the movie because if I enjoy that, I'm going to freaking love the book, right? And like, I mean, that happened with uh, Lock and Key. I, I My first introduction was was via the uh, the show and I immediately went in and just destroyed those graphic novels. And mm. they were absolutely brilliant. Loved them. They were amazing. And so that's kind of been my way is that, you know, save a little bit of money. But eventually when uh, when it hits my uh, radar, I'm all in on the books. So when it was announced and when it premiered a few weeks ago on Netflix, all eight episodes uh, dumped to us at once as the Netflix way. Um, what was what was the, what drew you to the series? Was it just Jeff Lemire? Was it because it was based on a comic book? Was it the subject matter? What 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 drew your interest? that's the thing like i didn't know much about it so for the most part it was just the hype like so many of these uh, of of fellow creators and friends who were like dude this is a good book and i'm like cool well it's falling on my lap for free like how can i not so it's one of those things where you're like i'm gonna give it at least like a, a solid couple episodes but it didn't even need that like it had me in minutes it was just so well done and it was such a quirky weird idea where i was just like 
okay, <laughs> cool. This is neat. And so, yeah, man, just enough people that I respect were behind it and were excited about it that I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll give it a look and see what's up. Cool. Uh, Alan, what about you? What's your history with Sweet Tooth? So I'm a fan of Jeff Lemire since uh, he was over at Top Shelf and he was mm-hmm. working on Essex County. And I really like his storytelling style. I know not a lot of people are a fan. I know some people are, some people are. It's either you love his art or you hate his art. I really love his storytelling. I feel his storytelling fits his art. Um, I've also read um, stories where he's just written and not drawn. And he's just a fantastic, fantastic writer. And I really like the down-to-earthness of the book. And I think that the comic book and the series are very different from each other, which I know we'll get into later on. But I was really happy for Jeff. I'm like, here's an independent artist who started off at top shelf and now he hit the big leagues. He has like a Netflix show. Like going into like Lock and Key, I was the opposite. First, I read Lock and Key because my friend's like, I really like Joe Hill. Read this comic. And I read all the comics and then I watched a Netflix show. So I really want to support independent writers and artists. And then when they fall into something big, I want to support them. Not that Joe Hill is an independent. <laughs> no, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, independent is kind of a broad spectrum. I mean, Sweet Tooth is published by DC and owned by Warner Brothers. So it's not like an, it's an independent in production in of itself, but um, it's got independent ses- sensibilities, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into. So, um, But Mike, what about you? What, uh, where, where did you first hear, hear about Sweet Tooth? Well, Sweet Tooth you know, had been popping up, you know, on the comic shelves, you know, seeing a kid who has deer antlers, basically, on comic book covers, you know, it it grabs your attention. And also, you know, Lemire also, his artwork over the years has always grabbed me. It always reminded me a little bit of the guy who did 8-Ball, back Mm. in you know was it dan klaus i think it was and he also you know did you know did some other projects and his his artwork was very similar and style wise and it always you know it was always interesting to see you know this kid and i picked up an issue here or there but you know i didn't pick it up from the beginning and i'm one of those people who's like a completist and so I always want to read the story either from the beginning of a storyline or beginning of, you know, the whole, the beginning of the series, you know, there's certain ones you can't, you know, can't afford that, you know, right. you know, <laughs> I want to go back and I want to read Superman from the very beginning. I'm going to start with Stan and Jack's fantastic four run. And uh, I'll see you in about 25 years. I did that actually, <laughs> but, you know, so, but you know, did that with X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I oh god, X Men was so worth it, you know. And then you know, I still kick myself that my mom would not let me buy Giant Size X Men number one for fifty cents. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to buy a fifty cent comic book? The rest of them are twenty five, you know. That's why so, right there. Ex- well, exactly. <laughs> so, but um, but it was always interesting. It was a neat, neat storyline. But I didn't pick up the series for some reason. I just didn't pick it up. Um, other than the issue here or there. 
And then, you know, I didn't even hear that they were making a series of it. All of a sudden, about six months ago, I started seeing promos like popping up on Netflix of it's like seeing the little kid with, you know, the baby with the ant, you know, like the nubs and everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I looked at a friend of mine and we were watching um, the preview online together and it was like, wait a minute. Are they doing Sweet Tooth? That looks like Sweet Tooth. And it was like, and I started doing research and then it was just like from there, it was like it. I, before the series came out, I picked up the three books that they came out with and um, read them right away. I, and I read right through them. It was really awesome. And so we, I was ready for it. And I was dying for Judy to watch it. And I was, you know, a little, you know, I was a little concerned because she's very sensitive if things happen to animals. People, she doesn't care. She doesn't care if and people get mauled, killed, whatever. But God forbid a dog or a horse or something, you know. That's why she didn't watch Walking Dead, you know, because the horse got eaten in the first episode. You know, <laughs> she says that's enough. I'm not going back. But she had where the, how bad it was going to get. It, it, right, exactly. And I thought, and then they, they started saying that Sweet Tooth was going to be family friendly, and I was like, that's interesting, especially after reading the comic. So. I was very curious with it, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I want to talk uh, more about uh, you know the the uh, details of the show, but um, I'll just say you know uh, I was introduced to Jeff Lemire um, sometime around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, listening to Comic Geeks Beat, and the guys were talking about Jeff Lemire and uh, at Tales of Essex County. I picked that up, and it it, it you know. I don't want to say it changed my life, but damn, it was good. Uh, probably one of the best comics I've ever read. Um, and, uh, and I was, I've been a fan ever since. Um, and I, I really love his, particularly his, the, the independent personal stories that he does. A lot of times when he goes and does the artwork himself, things like um, the nobody or the welder or underwater welder. Right. No, um, um, no, Royal city. Royal City, yes, thank you. Yes, that one's an amazing one. But also, um, you know, I think uh, his recent work uh, that he's written, um, Gideon Falls is amazing, uh, really creeped me out because it's nightmare fuel. Um, and then his space opera, which is uh, Ascender, uh, Descender, and now it's Ascender. Um, it's a great read as well. Uh, the guy knows how to tell a story and all different types of stories. And uh, uh, But I hadn't read Sweet Tooth um, in a long, like I didn't read it when it first came out. Um, and it wasn't until, uh, Sean from Raging Bullets podcast has talked about it highly on his show that I'm like, yeah, I really need to check that out. So I waited until the, the, uh, the big hardcovers came out, the library editions or whatever they call them. And I got the first one last year and I tore through that. And, uh, I, uh, because at that point I already knew it was going to be a series and, uh, you know, like you, Alan, I, I applaud any time uh, an independent guy gets a lift up like that. It's it's good news for everybody. Um, and I think this is the first thing that Jeff's done that's really gotten attention like this. So, uh, so happy for him. And uh, so I read the first, uh, it's not a trade, the first collection, we'll say, and uh, loved it. But uh, I was like, man, this is dark. 
<laughs> this is it's not as dark as some of his work. It's not as dark as Gideon Falls, but it's it's a post-apocalyptic dark tale. <laughs> and uh and some moments that really made uh, made me emotional. I'm not going to lie. Um and I was like, "Oh, the series, I'm not really do I want a post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic like dark series right now? I mean, after everything that we've gone through in the pandemic, is this what I want to watch? Um, but then, uh, you know, I was like, no, I need to support him. I need to, I want to watch this and let's see how they do it. And, uh, and right away, you know, the TV 14 thing came on and I was like, oh, and you can tell right from that first episode that it is the tone is different than the series. It's, it's a lot more kid, as you said, Mike, it's kid friendly, but it's family friendly. It's more, it's not for itty bitty kids. Uh, but it's definitely, uh, for more for all ages. And, uh, and I wasn't, I'm still not sure how I feel about that because as the series goes on, that's going, there's some things that are going to get darker. There's some things that do get darker. That last episode is pretty dark. If you think about it, although the show kind of, dare I say, sugarcoats <laughs> it, you know, sweet tooth pun. All right. Um, uh, because you know, I mean, what the doctor's forced to do and what humanity is forced to do and the choices that they're supposed to, that they're, they're, they're going to make is, is really difficult stuff um, to, to sort of wrap your head around sometimes. Um, but, uh, but I think they're doing a great job. I think uh, I'm really impressed with the series and I'm, I'm kind of um, uh, curious as to what about the series is impressing you. Uh, we'll start with Alan this time. What about the series is, is something that uh, is really stands out for you? So in a series, I'm going to be straight up honest with everybody. I did not like Sweet Tooth in the first episode. Okay. I felt that Sweet Tooth's character was so naive. You're talking about Gus now, right? Gus. I'm sorry. Gus. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Um, you, you're allowed to call him Sweet Tooth. I mean, Jepper does. So <laughs> he, he was so naive that it was almost unbelievable. But then when you bring the surrounding characters, like it's almost like eating a plate of food where something's a little sweet, something's a little spicy, kind of like levels your palate because the surrounding his characters are like, everything is not good or bad. Like everyone has their story of how they become, how they're conflicted. And I thought that that was really nice. Um, a nice change from the comic book where it's a much darker world and the TV show, they add, they do add more diversity into it, more history behind um, Jeopard and just, you, you feel the love and it's, I don't feel, even though it's young for young, um, young adults, I never felt I was being talked down to like, right. Yes, good call. Like when I was, well, my wife and I, were, we started to watch The Runaways on um, Brian K. Vaughn series. And I'm yep. just like, um, this is awful. Like this is, this is, I couldn't watch it because I felt like as a, someone watching the show, I was being talked down to. And that's my feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, what about you? Like what's something from the show that that attracted you right away? Uh, you know, actually, I really liked Gus. You said you were hooked from that first episode. Yeah, I really was. I liked Gus being so saccharine, so naive and whatnot. And I liked that because he really kind of is in this stunted growth. I'm like four years old 
and that's that's kind of where he was stuck at the world is wonderful and special because Pubba is so great to him and takes such good care of him and so it makes sense and as much as that I couldn't handle a whole series of that character um I I knew and I could feel that oh okay no this kid's about to see the rest of the world there's no way he's staying like that the world has a way of affecting us and luckily it does i don't feel like it's pulled him down but certainly he becomes a little less naive and at least not nowhere near worldly but a lot less sweet and and um and and silly and whatnot he starts to kind of really start to sort of get his own so i he's grown yeah up. yeah absolutely and I, re- I really enjoyed that a lot um that that kind of was my favorite thing about it is that um you know in this last year and a half two years it's been our lives have been dark and you know i think we could all kind of enjoy something that's a little more lighthearted, and yet not not so much so and i think what i really really enjoyed about this whole um this whole first season is that it was a, a bit of a lighter apocalypse post-apocalypse you know what i mean i mean we i'm so tired of the oh guess what we're gonna we're gonna make you fall in love with this character because they're gonna die and I, I'm so tired of that. And so to get to the end of the season and kind of go, okay, you know, like it, this wasn't a, a mass barbecue of people that I loved. I actually got the chance to fall in love with them and, and really feel them out. And will I lose some of them along the way? Quite possibly, but you gave me some time to really flesh out and enjoy them and, and appreciate them. And if it comes down the road a little more, I'll, I'll I'll be ready for it, but uh, I I like this. I I felt like this was like you said, it's something that we can share with the family, and again, not feel like it's being taught. We're being talked down to. Not like like you know, you watch a Disney movie or a Pixar movie, and it's like the parents get this much of it, and the kids get that much of it, and we enjoy it on different levels. But I feel like right. I can watch it with my twelve year old, and we enjoy it on the same level. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And and certainly you mentioned that Gus was somebody that pulled you in. And I think it's a good time to just like just say right now that uh Christian Convery is just amazing. Like physically, oh, yeah. he doesn't look like a Jeff Lemire picture, but no. um I dare say he's adorable. And yet he's really good. Like I don't know when we crossed over to this age where children actors are just amazing now because back in i can remember the day where you know they were cute and they were usually annoying um but over the last it seems like five years or so it seems like uh children actors i don't know if they're just growing up too soon or what's going on but they're just really really able to get these kids then that really can do it all um and and christian's asked to do a lot with this with this character and he, he nails it. I, there's never a time where I don't feel like he's he's not Gus. Uh, I get what you're saying, Alan, about, um, you know, he starts off a little bit more naive than the one that we saw in the comics. Um, but yet, on the same hand, I, I think, like I said, I mean, at least for a family-friendly thing, and plus with the with everything going on, I don't know if I, I need more hope than that. <laughs> I, need more, I need more hope, you know? Um so uh, I think he's doing a great job as, as well as all the other actors in this as well. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a wrong note played here, but, but Mike, what about you? What, what do you think? Of, what's the thing about the show that you're digging right now? Well, 
the innocence is wondrous, you know, the wondrous of Gus, you know, on the quest to find his mother and, you know, has all these images built up of who her mother it of who his mother is and, you know, hope, you know, in the first episode, he thought the damn deer was his mother mm-hmm. and, you know, and that was real interesting and I loved the relationship between his papa and him played wonderfully by Will Forte was awesome. And it it was it was just awesome. And That'd be the best thing I've seen Will Forte. In. What a surprise. Oh, yeah. Like it's so Will Forte can be a real personality and it's just so kind of he, he doesn't at any point really try to rise and and he's very straight. I, I loved his portrayal. I thought he did such a great job. And I loved, you know, even when he came back in the dream and then in the final episode where he got his story and found out he was the janitor. He wasn't even, you know, and it was it was just really well done. And, you know, and I just I just thought it was great. And but the naive of Gus is what got him to trouble at the very end of the season, too, you know, with the airplane and the radio and it was just you know but you you it carried all the way through and i agree completely with what alan said i think the supporting cast also made this show Mm -hmm. from you know big guy to bear and you know everyone they met on the road and it was it was just awesome yeah it's it's a definite for those of us who are familiar with the comic it's like a it's like they it's like they put all the characters from the comic in a blender and and uh you know it's like oh well we're pulling this person out and they've got the same name but they're kind of different um and it you know I the, I don't know why they made the decisions what they did but I will say that I I don't disagree with them. I don't think anybody's been really short-shifted um and for me watching it you know I've certainly after reading the comic the main story in in sweet tooth i mean there's a lot going on of course and the setting and everything like that and and the mystery of it all of what caused the virus and what caused the what caused the hybrids and whether they're linked and all that kind of stuff and that's the mystery of of the series but the real meat of the series is the relationship between gus and jeopard um uh big man uh sweet tooth and big man um now you know is it something we've seen before yes lone wolf and cub Mandalorian, you know, we've seen, we're, we're seeing, uh, it is not a, a new concept. And yet, you know, the way that Jeff tells it, um, it, it's just, it feels fresh. Um, and I think in this, in this series, it, it, it works. It feels fresh as well. They're kind of different. Um, Alan, as you pointed out, Jeopard is a little bit different. You, you know, obviously since it's an American series, it's like, we have to make him a football player instead of a hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh but um you know i i the relationship is still there and that that's the main part of the story i think and and that that works for me so one thing that i think about this story of the show specifically is what defines people as a family so what defines bear with her family. It's like not who you're born to, but who you make your family. 
And like, to me, like that was just really touching because that was a theme throughout the show. Like, who do you bring into your house and make your son, your daughter, your, like constantly recurs, occurring theme about family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Very good. And, and, and that you're right. That is through the whole thing. Um, uh, what's something else um, in terms of characters, maybe that uh, that you you know we've already talked a little bit about Gus and, and Jeopard, but were there any other characters that pulled you in as well, Chuck? Uh, yeah, um, Bear was actually big for me, and I I, I enjoyed the character um, throughout. But the moment that really got me is, and I guess I uh, kind of have to give you guys a bit of information. But my, my youngest is named uh, Rebecca. And um, all of my kids have animal names and I have Becca bear. And so the minute she says I'm Rebecca and I was called Becky bear, I, you know, I had made it through the whole season going, going, you know what? This is really cool. Not going to tear up, but I'm fine. And, and she did that. And I was like, ah, crap, you got me. Why'd you have to make it personal? And and it was just like to me that one hit me so hard because that's that's my kid man and it was um uh, but I really I loved that character um especially you know kind of losing your tribe and then having to find and build another one and all that kind of stuff like like Alan said uh, the the whole the whole idea of of losing um, and creating your own family um, I love I love that whole idea and she feeds into that so delightfully. I loved that character, and I especially loved that her and Big Man really did not get along, and and that was something. Mm-hmm. So it was like, great, cool. We have family dynamics. Like that's one of the things. You know, as much as I often don't enjoy something like, say, like a Fantastic Four, one of the elements that will bring me back is they're a family and they squabble like family, and we've got this here. You know, whereas it's going to get really hard to get Gus to squabble with anyone because that's outside of his norm. But for everybody else, cool. Let's let's do that. Let's create dynamics. I love that. I will say, uh, as a comic fan, when Bear revealed her name was Becky, I was like, "What?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like that's Becky, and I'm like, "Okay, let me just get my head around that because Becky in the comics is very different." Um, uh, but uh, but I like Bear a lot. Uh, she's a she, that's a she's a great character. Uh, her backstory and the story that group that she's with that's a very fun episode um and I, I, it's hard not to like her the actress is great too i mean it just uh she she wins me over and 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 you know and and becky in the comics is this is kind of comes from a darker place so i can understand them not not wanting to go that route and as well as they do with a lot of the other characters as well i mean um uh jeopard is not quite as dark as he is not quite as dark at all as he is in the comics and sing especially is not nearly uh man they give him a complete backstory and uh because in the comics i don't think you ever really like sing but right away uh uh he's probably the most different from the comics as as along with bear wouldn't you say i I agree and it goes back to what i was saying before about most of these characters, except for maybe two of them, are struggling with morality. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'm sure. Because, you know, they have to, they had to reinvent themselves 
from you know the world they knew ten years ago when it all cr- everything crumbled apart and it it'd be interesting you know any of us truthfully if the world fell apart around us how much of us would be able to survive or keep to the same moral compass that you have currently just to be able to survive and protect your family you know the doctor he was doing everything he was doing to protect his wife from dying to the virus yeah when we meet sing in the comics he's already been working for the general for a while and so we never really get that 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 conflict with him as far as why he's doing what he's doing um so in the series they make it a point to we we understand him he is a doctor he is a uh, reputable doctor he cares uh his wife is sick and he's doing everything he can to protect her and then he's gotta he's forced with the decision you know if the only way to protect my wife and, you know, myself towards the end, because he's been kidnapped by the general, is to, you know, un- operate on these hybrid kids. That's exactly what I'll do. And, God, that's, that's, that's a dark premise. <laughs> that's a dark concept. Um, they don't, they don't, I mean, it's, it's dealt with, obviously, in the series. But obvi- in, the, in, the, in the comics, it's a lot darker. And... Um, it's hard for me not to go to that dark place, even in the series, because I'm, you know, as soon as, you know, skipping to the last episode, as soon as Bobby's captured, I I start to get like freaked out. Like, I'm like, oh my God, the kids are going to get captured. Um, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be awful, especially since, especially since they made Bobby like such a cute puppet in the series where in the comic he's just this like ragged looking thing that you know that i'm not saying you don't care as much about but i mean he's just adorable he's like a disney yeah. figure in the in the series but the thing is you also have to think about it the general did end up saving sing and his wife yeah because they were about to be burnt to death right. by their neighbors which is a little extreme truthfully you know and well, it's one of those things, Mike, where we go, you know, like two years ago, we would have been like, I don't think people would act that way. Now we're like, oh, yeah, people would act that way. Oh, well, that's one of the great things with the series. It hits at a perfect time. Yeah, which is weird because they didn't know. Well, they, they shot no. during COVID, though. Oh, of course they did. Right. But I mean, when it was when when the when the when Downey Jr. and his wife picked this up and certainly when Jeff wrote it, I mean, that was, a, a you know a dream like that. It was that this sort of thing was not on the radar, but now you watch it and it's, it's got all different implications for us. Oh, you also have to give a big, big, big shout out to James Brolin for the narration. Yes. It's it's like, I looked at Judy and said, that's Thanos. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to snap his fingers and all the, the world's just going to go. Yeah, James Brolin bringing you apocalyptic events one movie at a Is time. It, no, no, wait. <laughs> it was, it was Isn't that dad. actually? It was his. Yeah, it's his dad. It was his dad. Oh, it's his dad. You're gotcha, thinking gotcha. of Josh Brolin, but James is his. Dad. No, I know. I'm oh, teasing okay, you guys. the Brolins, you know. The Brolins, you know, Mister, you know, Mister Barbara Streisand. Come on, you know that. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think in the series it's revealed who the narrator is, right? No. Yeah. Oh, is is when that some? We, is that a character? Like, I I think it is. Oh, neat, neat. Alan, do you think, think it, it is? is? 
I think yeah, storyteller. I think, it is. <laughs> I think it's just a storyteller. We just don't know who it is. Right, right, right. And uh, depending on how they do things, it could be different than it is in the in the comics. So, um, hell, if, if they're going away from the comics, it could end up being bear or something. You know? Yeah, they. The it's weird as a comic fan because you always have that you know struggle in your head. You're trying to enjoy it on one level, but you've got other things that you're thinking about, and you're like, why did they make these decisions? Are they better? Are they worse? And you're trying to enjoy it. It's difficult, but yet by the end, I did feel like even though they strayed with a lot of things. I felt like in the last two episodes, um, they really doubled down and said, oh, no, this is the comic. We're doing the comic. This is the story that you guys that you guys know, um, because uh, they sort of revealed a lot of things earlier in the series than they did in the comics. I mean, there was there was like 30 issues before we got some answers in the comics, but we get we get some answers right away um, as far as uh, as far as what as far as what's going on in the past with Gus and, like, and one that. thing I was happy about with the series is that even if they didn't renew it, I felt like it was a nice complete story where at the end, it wasn't like a cliffhanger where I was like, I need to see the next episode. Like I felt. It's pretty cliffhangery. I mean, if you care about Gus yes. and, and, uh, and then you're kind of like, and Wendy and everything you're kind of, or Amy, sorry. Uh, no, sorry. Wendy. Um, Wendy. you're, you're kind of like, um they need to be rescued <laughs> i just i just felt like like it was like one stretch of the journey yeah 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 no no obviously yes i i agree where it's like this is a ch- this is a big chapter this is like the story of of gus finding out sort of quote unquote his mother where he came from that kind of thing and more importantly creating that family yeah creating that family of jeopard and bear uh, and Gus together, that's going to, that's created now, and that's going to take us into the next series. Hopefully it's been renewed, or hopefully it gets renewed, yeah, right? right? I hope so. Yeah. We don't know yet. I, I, hope I feel like... Sorry. No, I, I was going to actually go away, so so go ahead, Alan. I really hope, like, this shows the general public that comic book properties do not need to be superhero-based. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think people kind of knew that walking when Walking Dead started, but Walking Dead has been on for so long that I think people have forgotten. <laughs> and uh, you know, I've I've heard that the pitch for um, Sweet Tooth the comic was Mad Max meets Bambi, and I think the pitch for the series should have been Walking Dead meets Bambi, <laughs> like because it's it's got a lot of like elements of that, but I. I mean that in the best way, because I, I, you know, I think that it's, uh, I think people who like those things can relate to some of those things on there, but, but, uh, uh, but Chuck, what were you going to say? Well, I feel like a lot of times when we're watching, you know, us as comic fans, we're watching a movie or a TV show. And a lot of people are like, they didn't do this beat exactly like they did in the comic. They didn't good. I read the comics. I don't need to have that all reiterated again. I really enjoy when they they treat it more like an homage and they go look we love this story we want to kind of give you as 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 the fan a whole new experience and a new way to enjoy this so i feel like i'm excited to now go and read the books because i know it's going to be a very different experience and i know that i'm going you know as much as i might still learn a lot of the same things and and feel a lot of the same beats i'm gonna feel them in different ways i'm gonna see different sides of people i'm gonna meet different characters or characters in different ways and whatnot i love that idea 
And I think that all too often we get into this point where I need it to be just like they did it because they're brilliant. Yeah, they're brilliant. But that doesn't mean that we can't kind of change things up a little bit and, and done right. Like I feel that this is um, coming from the ignorant standpoint of not having read the source material. I, I feel like th this is exactly what we should be trying to do. Um, I can't disagree with that, um, except that I can, <laughs> because because okay. on the one on the one hand, I'm like I'm totally with you because I like you know I I enjoy the comic and I enjoy this series and it is a different experience, but I enjoy both of them. Now, as a comic creator, if a company came and bought like one of my stories and was going to produce it. And said, oh, yeah, but we're going to change this, this, and this, this, and this, this, this. I'd be like, who the F are you guys? Like, I'd be like, now, now, I, you know, it would be like, but I, yeah, exactly. If I'm getting paid, right, who cares, right? But, um, yeah, oh, you guys are the Dowdy Juniors? Okay, you could, <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, oh, you're putting, the, you're backing up the, the, the money truck in my house? Okay, that's great. Um, and I think it's important. I mean, Jeff, he doesn't, he's not, you know, he's not the head writer. He's not the showrunner or anything like that. He is a consultant on the show. Um, so I do think he has some input per se, or maybe that's just them being nice or whatever. But certainly Jeff hasn't, well, it's not in his interest to talk anything bad about it right now. But anyway, I, I get what you're saying. But on the other hand, it's like, part of me is like, yeah, but, you know, I hate to be the yeah, but guy, but it's like, yeah, but I... You know, if it works in one medium, I'm not saying it should work in every medium, but this, what the Downies wanted to do and what Netflix wanted to do, obviously, was have a more family-friendly friendly show. And making Sweet Tooth more family-friendly, I can understand a lot of the decisions that they made. Um, because if they wanted to tell the Sweet Tooth story, it would be hard R. And, uh, you know, and I don't, I, I don't mind reading it because I've read all three volumes and I think it was a great read. Um, do I think it was one of Jeff's best re writing? I, I can't say that. I, I think uh, uh, I liked it a lot, but I, I can't say it's it's up there among my favorites of his um, because it is grim and it's got a I can't really it's got an interesting mindset as far as where it's coming from because it's it's about hope it's got hope but it's a different kind of hope than than we're used to in a in a in a story because it's not and i don't know if the series is going to do this but it's not a hope of necessarily that everything's going to be okay for for humans his stuff is pretty grim though like i mean like, yeah if, if you yeah. has has anyone read uh plutono it's a sad or like royal city again it's like sad stories like he he's like a pretty deep writer even even like yeah he's dark for canadian we have feelings too you know i know i know um all right so we don't know if it's it's going to be picked up but let's hope pray i mean it's it's doing really well it's still in the top five of the netflix shows and it's been a few weeks i think the word of mouth has been pretty solid on it it doesn't look like it's that expensive to film um it you know it doesn't have any huge stars that are asking for millions of dollars et cetera, et cetera. so 
fingers crossed. I mean, who knows what's happening over in Warner Brothers these days, but with DC, you know, Warner Brothers, DC Entertainment and all that. But but let's say we get a season two. Uh, what do you want to see? What do you want to see in season two, Chuck? Oh, geez. Yeah, because I, I have no expectations, right? Um, right. Yeah. So I'm really curious about where where you're uh, where you want to where, where you want it to go. You know what, man? I I'm 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 along for the ride. I think this is uh, one of those moments where I'm like, I trust you. Go go ahead. Like wh- whatever wherever it goes, wherever you decide to take me, I feel like um, I'm just completely trust uh, the showrunners and the writers and everything. So. I don't really have a lot of expectations. I'm more coming from this this uh, area of cool, yeah. But bring it on. Let's 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 see what you got next. Um, I don't I don't want to think ahead too much because then you know your own expectations it starts to to discolor things and and you start to um um pre, you know it it almost creates like a privilege like I expect this and I don't I don't want the mm-hmm. expectations. I just want to see uh, where the cards lie so i I don't actually have any expectations i want more of the same um and obviously i feel like we're gonna get a lot more growth out of gus and we're gonna see a lot more of him i believe becoming a leader um that's kind of how i i I see him uh sort of developing but not a leader in the the classical sense um more like a like a figurehead someone to look up to someone someone to inspire everybody else so that's uh, as far as the hybrids are concerned. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Alan? They took me on this yellow brick road, and I want to go along for the journey. I want to see the friends that they meet. Um, they sold me in this tone. I hope they keep the tone the same. I hope they don't go more towards the comic book. This is their own world creating. And like you said before, Mike, this is separate than the comic book. And Chuck, you said it before too. Just give me my two separate worlds and t- continue the journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, Mike. What about you? No, for me, it's going to be very interesting because you know, like Alan had said, you have to put the comic aside. You know, you can't you can't see it becoming frame for frame the comic because it's not. It's a completely you know, they if you go by the comic, they've barely scratched the surface of what the the series is. They've you know, they haven't even made it ha- like maybe through issue four or five of the series, if at, at the most. And it's it's a great story. It's its own beast because they've combined characters. They've combined what's happening. They've brought stuff that was revealed way towards the end of the series up and it's going to be very interesting to see where they go with it for season two and how they're going to deal with, you know, the kids, you know, he was 10 years old. He's going to be hitting puberty soon, you know, how are they going to be doing that? And, you know, some of the other kids too, you know, so I'm going to be very curious to see where, what it, what they do. And this is all filmed in New Zealand. So it's going to be very interesting to see if they can get back into the country to film season two, but you know, because they've been very restrictive about, you know, letting people in and out. Mm -hmm. So I'll be very curious to see where it goes. 
Chuck, did you want yeah, to? Yeah, actually, I have a question for all three of you guys because you've all read the source material. Um, as someone who's coming, again, completely uh, ignorant to all of that, in order to get that main bulk of the story, how many seasons do you see this as? You, you were talking about, you know, there's only like, we've only scratched the surface. How, how, how many seasons would it take to kind of make you feel like they were able to tell that whole story at this pace, or, or at least as you're seeing it at this moment? I, they could do it. They could, if they needed to, I think, do it in two. Um, even Jeff admits that he kind of padded the comic a little bit with uh, this storyline about, I'm not going to get into it, but anyway, he sort of padded yeah, it, don't. he padded it a bit out, but, um, but I, I mean, I think if they needed to, they could do two. If I, hopefully they get at least three, what I, it kind of leads me to what I I'm excited about because I mean, yes, the story beats that I'm familiar with in the comic, the relationship between Gus and, and Jeopard, I know is going to be there. And I'm looking forward to seeing that on screen uh, enacted by these two great actors. Um, but what, re- what really thrills me is, as you guys said, because the comic is really about uh, the two of them. And sure, they, they have some, uh, they meet some others on the way and, and they, they don't, you know, they become a family, but that's been pushed much more to the series than it is in the comics, I think. And what I really am curious to see is that, okay, we've got Bear as, you know, um, in their family now that's a threesome. But now we're going to also introduce, you know, we've got, um, uh, I think, Wendy and Amy are going to come into fact. And especially Amy, the way she's going to interact with Jeopard is going to be really interesting. Um, You know, what Sing's role is going to be. And then, you know, the big, the big one is um, uh, what is her name? The 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 uh, Birdie, right? Birdie, uh, yeah. I mean, she's like a. I don't know what's going. Like, I'm really excited about what they can do with Birdie because that's a that's a unknown factor for me. So uh, I'm really excited to see where they go with that. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know what? We're probably not going to be able to. I've been doing some research while we've been talking. You research what? Yeah, I know. Shocking, isn't it? I know what? I know. Don't get let it get out. <laughs> but um, season two, you know, it's they haven't even announced it. They haven't even started the production. They haven't started casting. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, I, I a, don't. You know, I was trying to do some research and, and look at some too beforehand and. They, they're not really, I don't know, I haven't really gotten, I don't know who the real, like, ownership of the series is as far as the showrunner or head writer. I think, uh, um, I, I've heard the name Beth Swartz mentioned a lot, but I don't know if that's, you know, who that is. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, have, I don't know who the voice or the creator really is, the main voice behind the, the series is. And that I would like to know more about and what, where they're, they plan on going. So it'd be very interesting. Absolutely. So thanks. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for, for joining us to talk all about Sweet Tooth the series. Hopefully we can be back for series two or season two uh, when it's done, right? When it comes out on Netflix and, and do this all over again. So uh, really appreciate you guys. And we're going to be right back after this creative outlet.
everybody. Michelle here with an Iconic Rock Talk Show moment, and life is tiptoeing back to normal, and we're starting to see a lot of information about live tours being uh, rescheduled or kicked off. Things are still very much in flux, though. Sometimes they'll make an announcement and then walk it back, so if there's somebody that you want to see, be sure you stay up on the latest information. Uh, this is a roundup of some things I found online that's current as of right now. Again, check for the latest information, and this is all um, current for the North American market. Tickets are on sale right now for the Eagles, because they will never, ever stop touring. Uh, the Hotel California tour, playing the album in its entirety, that's August through November, see eagles.com. Uh, Green Day's Hella Mega World Tour with Fall Out Boy and Weezer kicks off the North American leg July 14th in Seattle, going through August where they end up in Colorado. That website is hellamegatour.com. Guns N' Roses has rescheduled its 2020 North American tour, kicking off in Hershey, Pennsylvania, July 31st, wrapping October 3rd in Hollywood, Florida, before heading to Australia and Europe. That's gunsandroses.com, gunsnroses.com. Harry Styles playing a ton of dates across the U.S. between August and October 31st. When the tour wraps up at Madison Square Garden with the Harry Ween Dress Ball. For that website, go to hstyles.co.uk. Elton John's getting back on the Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour this fall in Europe. He'll come back to the U.S. starting in January of 2022. Look for that at eltonjohn.com. The Kiss End of the Road Tour it wasn't quite the end, but they're getting there. Uh, starts up again August 18th and runs through October 9th. KissOnline.com is where you get the info. Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball Tour will play a select list of sports stadiums in Europe before uh, a handful of dates, four dates in the U.S. at Major League Ballparks. She'll play Fenway Park, the Rogers Center, MetLife Stadium, and Wrigley Field in August. Go to LadyGaga.com for that information. Speaking of Fenway, Aerosmith's 50th anniversary show at uh, Fenway has been pushed back yet again to uh, September 8th, 2022. And the New Order Pet Shop Boys Unity North America Tour has also been re-rescheduled for 2022. Um, as I see informa interesting information come up, I will pass it along to you. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. Check out the blog, iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com and at esonetwork.com. And we will catch you next time. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Hello, everyone. Dr. Geek here with a shout out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. <laughs> Let's face it, creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. Now it's time for the Creative Outlet segment, and we have old friend of ours, John Morgan Neal, joining us. Welcome, sir. Hi, it's good to be back. We are welcome. Yeah, we are glad to have you back and, and promoting a, a something that's been in the works for a while. Long while. Yeah, about 10, 11 years and uh, just kept running into brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. And then Tommy Hancock and Pro C Productions come to my 
rescue, totally. Uh, and finally, we got this thing out. Uh, bittersweetly, sadly, it has been so long that two of the writers died. Uh, oh. So posthumously for them, uh, my very dear best friend, Cliff Roberts, a couple of years ago, and then his wife just died uh, literally a couple months ago. So, but there's lots of other people in there who are still alive and they'll be happy to, uh, to promote this thing as well. And they're happy finally to have their stories out. And, and that's what I want to say. It's, it's on Amazon. It's called Am- Andronimo and the Postman, Andronimo and the Post Pioneers Tall Tales. The concept of this book, which, uh, Eric Burnham is the one who came up with the idea and pitched it to me and kept nagging me until I did it. Is to take my character and uh, my and Todd Fox's character, who is a comic book character, and do a prose short story collection of stories by other writers that I invited to write the stories. And I thought that's a fun idea, and and uh, it'll be interesting and fun. This that and the other. It was far more than that. I was mm-hmm. blown away by how great these stories really were, and I would never never thought they wouldn't be good or, or even great, but great in the fact that they are they're canon. They 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 these people know my character. I had no idea that they knew my character that well, but they did. <laughs> and there's things that go into her past. One is where she's a little girl. There's one where she you know uh, taking care of her dying grandmother. There's you know, other backstories on some of the other, you know, sporting characters, the post-fine pioneers themselves. I was just really, really honored and impressed with this. And I can recommend it. I don't have a story in it. I only do the introductions. But anybody that's really into science fiction, horror, adventure, pulp, uh, 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 sports, it, it covers everything. Any Every kind of pulp story you would like, every kind of... Uh, genre or subgenre as chuck dixon my good pal the hell fa himself uh mentions in his forward it, it covers the gamut of any kind of uh, taste you have for pulp so there's nothing you're going to miss out on this so i recommend everybody go out there and buy it please absolutely absolutely and yes you're right we've got uh we know several of the uh the talent involved with these short stories uh including someone who uh former co-host the award-winning bobby nash has a story in there i believe that's right right i met bobby through that even before i i I did my first dso thing when he was co-hosting we did the first wrestling one at the time mm-hmm. because of this and you know and and he's an amazing writer and wonderful uh you also got uh corina uh lawson who is a very successful uh romance geek good uh, sci-fi he's just you know sort of a what do you call it a genre type of uh twisted uh romance and you've got eric burnham who's a very successful comic book writer you know for idw and does some marvel stuff and um you've got uh uh Danny Donovan who's you know well known to a lot of people you've got uh Tommy Hancock himself you know so yeah it's uh, and some very close friends to me my oldest friend in the world who I've known since 1969 to third grade he's got a story in there and I, and uh so it's yeah it, it, there's nothing not to like about this it, it, it's well worth the money and um I know it's easy for me to say, but I, I really do say this from, <laughs> from a reader because I read them and I read them and reread them. And, and I, I'm, I, I, I did put the project together. I did come up with, you know, I did implement it, 
but this is other people's talent, not mine. And and I and I want to I want these people to be recognized for doing this very very special thing for me. Yeah, it, it's it's really a, is a great book, and it's and and long last, it's long time coming, and uh, I'm happy for you. So, um, and this is available. It's through Pro Se Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's who's publishing it, but you can get it in paperback and ebook uh, on Amazon. Correct? Yep, you can get it on your Kindle. You you can get it in paperback. Well, apparently, it's a pretty damn thick book, so you're getting your money's worth. It's fifteen ninety nine, <laughs> but it's like over six hundred pages or something like that. Or three. It's it's thick. It's uh i haven't i haven't gotten my copy yet everybody else is fine i got i haven't got my copy yet Thomas <laughs> <laughs> said he mailed on friday so. <laughs> and, and sporting a eye-catching cover of course by the uh wonderful todd fox my man my buddy my partner mr todd fox uh who without whom you know he uh brought my my wonderful silly little ideas to life and and I am never I'll be eternally grateful, but yes, wonderful cover. And the design by Sean Ali, uh, uh, who did a great job on this and, uh, and the whole look of the book and everything. It's just, it's a very good looking uh, piece of work. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Well, congratulations on the release and uh, we will have links to it in our show notes so people can check it out. You're next, Gordon. <laughs> Tommy's already said that yeah we're going to do more it won't be this big <laughs> he said we don't do right. this big anymore but well, you... you know you have have your people call my people and you know we'll, we'll, we'll work something out <laughs> a crossover I mean you know she likes Tiki you know <laughs> so by the time it comes out we'll all be doing social security <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know Tommy won't allow it to go along that long <laughs> He came along in the latter days. You know, and here's, I want to say this little story too, because I really do want to put over Tommy and Tosi. There's a guy is just really, really good at what he's doing there. And, and, he, and he gets stuff out and he's a professional. Uh, I met Tommy many, many, many years ago. And even a few years ago, he offered to publish it then. But I, I kind of put him off because I was really, I had my idea about what I wanted to do. And I didn't know, if, you know, I just didn't know. I mean, I think Tommy's a great guy, but I didn't want to completely cede total control you know but right. in the end i did you know have him do it and you know what it, it couldn't have been easier and there was no problems whatsoever so i kicked my younger self about this it should have been done a long time ago right right well awesome sir we are glad to help promote your your book as always and glad to have you back man it's always good to talk to you john yeah like with you guys uh, we'll have to hook up again sooner than later how about that maybe that's not making 11 years how about that Fair enough, my friend. Let's take a quick break, and we will be back, and we are going to close up the show. Welcome to a Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this Geek Girl is talking about Final Space Season 3. So if you haven't watched it yet, go ahead and skip forward. Final Space Season 3 just ended, and oh boy, was this season crazy. The crew went into Final Space to help stop Invictus and save Quinn... They found Quinn, but lost Fox in the mix of the journey, which sets Ash off and makes her learn that her powers come from Invictus, and she slowly starts to spiral into becoming more bitter and evil and just crazy. The team decides that their new goal, since they lost Bolo and cannot defeat Invictus on their own, is to get out of Final Space, since they're becoming poisoned by it as well. They find a portal and that, to send them home, and Ash sends a message to Clarence on the other side to start the portal in real space, since they have to have both sides activated to open it. 
Clarence does his job, dying in the process, but the portal in final space overcharges, leaving the crew to figure out how to fix it so they can get home. All along, little Cotto finds out the truth about his real parents, and Ash takes him to Invictus. He is saved by the crew, and they get to regular space with the help of Tribor this time, and they cross over. However, Ash gets a hold of Mooncake, and Invictus now has the key to move from final space to real space. And here's hoping we get a season four to see what happens, because that's the end of the season, and it's crazy. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? You're going to have to listen to find out. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here. Alan, thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Anything you want to shout out about or promote? Yeah, I want to promote my local comic book shops that got me through COVID. I'd like to thank uh, Forbidden Planet over in New York City who um, shipped me my books. And then a new comic shop over in Pennsylvania called Comics on the Green. The guy David over there shipped me my comic books as well. Um, support your local comic book shops don't buy from Amazon, buy local books that's it that is awesome dude, that is pretty darn amazing and I agree completely with you so bravo for that sir and Chuck Well, I mean, we had you on for a full segment finally we did and it was great too Alan, I 100% agree with you actually uh, people like um, Space Cadets, The Collective um, Hunter Killer Comics those are guys who I was able to uh, pick up books and whatnot and, and keep reading and enjoying throughout. So, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And then as a creator myself, I'll try to make this as quick as possible. But uh, I am a writer and editor, so I have an audio drama out right now. It's called, uh, um, sorry, the name has changed. <laughs> uh, it's called Essence House. I would love for you guys to check that out. Uh, season three is now up. And... Um, we're halfway through season three now. I know that sounds like a lot. Each episode is about 20 minutes. But if you like, season three is a new beginning. So you can just start at season three and enjoy that. And if you really like it, then you can go back and you can uh, listen to seasons one and two, uh, which make up the first book. And now season three and four will make up the second book. And, of course, you can always check me out on Bonfire, to, Bonfire Press on Facebook. And that is where all of my publishing happens. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook, Chuck, P-I-N-E-A-U, or on Twitter, at Chucky Pin. Awesome. And he pops up all the time in the ESO Facebook group also. So he, he's not hi, you know hiding from anybody, so don't worry. <laughs> and he's not shy, nope, as you can tell. Not even a little. No. No, that's pretty awesome. But thank you, my friend. And, of course, Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, I've got two real quick shout outs. One, um, this is going to be really brief. Uh, I'm going to talk more about this later. Uh, but um, this past I can't go 
This past weekend marked the 10th anniversary of the first issue of Tiki Zombie being published. And uh, I'm very excited about that. It's been a decade of that book. And um, um, and uh, there is more coming. Uh, so I will just say dot, dot, dot on that. Uh, watch this space. Uh, but I also want to talk about um, uh, just give a real shout out to um, uh, our good friend, the award-winning author Bobby Nash, who uh, I'm, I'm now a snowman. Uh, I've been a fan of, of Bobby's, not just a friend, but I've been a fan of his writing for a while. And one series that I like of his a lot uh, that he's uh, self, uh, self-published, which is the Snow Series, which is a great um, series that's sort of inspired by 70s and 80s. Uh, detective shows, Magnum P.I., Rockford Files, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's in need for some editors, especially when he's doing these uh, short, snow shorts of uh, allowing other people to sort of play in a sandbox. So um, I am helping him out. So I'm helping him out with assisting with edits as well as uh, anything else is needed. And uh, I look like I will be uh, contributing a snow short of my own. So um watch the space for that as well so um uh yeah it's it's this is the summer of snow so uh check out um everything that uh bobby's doing over there at abrahamsnow.com that is awesome definitely check out snow bobby does a great job and i think you'll be a perfect chance for you to get snowed by him so it's perfect (laughs) you know the real reason that i i took the job is because there's just so like the 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 number of puns, the potential for puns using snow is just limitless. So I'm just, I'm, I'm in heaven. Oh, I'm sure you, you're going to be up to your, well, never mind. I'm not going to say it. It's, I don't want you to know how deep you'll be buried in snow. So it's okay. But snow. dude, so it'll be cool. Um, my shout out real quick is just, you know, you know, this last weekend was Father's Day. And you know what? Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who in my life has been a father figure to me. And it just wasn't my dad. And there's been other folks in my life that have been people who've been mentors, have been, you know, people I've looked up to. And I know, you know, in my life also, you know, having William made me a father. And so it's pretty amazing feeling. And I hopefully have mentored a few folks too and been father figures to them also. So it's just, it's just an amazing feeling. You don't, as they said in what was it? Guardians of the galaxy two, I think was, you know, you could, you could be, you know, somebody's father, but you, you're not somebody's daddy or something like that. And it's very, very true. And, you know, as long as you have some kind of semblance and person in your life that you look up to or that you respect and who's been there to show you respect through your life, you don't have a bad life going on, folks. It's pretty darn awesome. And you know what? It's, you know, some people have lost their parents as I have, or, you know, you might not have, you know, your mom, dad and such, but you still have people who are people you look up to and people you admire and you know what, just thank them, you know, just, or just think about the good times and it's pretty darn awesome. So, you know, it's just not all about, you know, Hey, give your dad a tie for father's day or whatever. It's just, you know, some time to say thank you. 
and it's pretty darn awesome. And so it's it's a neat thing. So, you know, just enjoy it while you have it, as we like to say, because you never know. It could just disappear like that, and, you know, we're going to all be living in the woods or, you know, something like that. You know, it's pretty – this last year has shown us a lot. So pretty darn awesome. So with that being said, we are going to be back again next week. And this time, folks – we are going over to the other side of the pond when we are going to be looking at Wallace and Gromit. So it's going to be a lot of fun to do. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to have a lot of toast. And, you know, it's going to be cheese. a good, And cheese, of course. Of course we got to have toasted cheese. So it's going to be very, very cool. And just watch out for the rabbits, you know, so, so and the sheep and you know, all the other things. So. It'll be a lot of fun to see. So definitely want to thank everybody for being here. And as we always like to say, please leave us feedback wherever you listen to us. You know, it really does mean a lot if you leave five stars for us and review the show. You know, it's always a lot of fun and such. And it's a lot of work as these guys are now finding out when they're sitting on here. <laughs> they're done. They have the easy part done, you know. Now my fun starts. I get to start editing these guys out. So if you don't hear Chuck, just remember he was here once. So, <laughs> you know, just depends if he, you know, that kind of stuff. So please also write us feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the EarthStation One podcast. We are, of course, powered by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon Music. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, let's also thank Alan and Chuck for being here tonight. Thanks again for listening. We will see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Stay safe. Hug your loved ones. Please get vaccinated, folks. And hopefully we'll be able to see you guys later in the summer. Peace. And we are done. Boom. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.